Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Moorhead is wide right, Robinson left, Hammond and Coulter, the running back. Sarchik going down the left side to Robinson. Oh, what a hit by Gary Fensick. Otherwise, he holds on to it, but Fensick knocked him loose from his senses. You think he didn't? Woo. Take a look at number 45. 6'192 pound Gary Fensick, and he hit Robinson a ways 170 and almost knocked him to Jersey City. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Yes, indeed. We're back here on the pregame show. And wow, you can uh, you can hear that one. Uh, the announcers, you don't you don't hear that anymore. I think they'd be throwing some laundry, but uh, Gary Fetzik. Always got it done on the field. What a great player and uh, and a fine human as well. And we are delighted to welcome Gary to the guest line presented on the score by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Gary, good morning. How are you? Morning, Molly. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to catch up with you. And uh, and I mean, I got to tell you, of, of all the people that watched the Bears not tag a guy when he was down, your name went through my head because I thought back in the day, <laughs> you and Doug Plank would have made sure he knew what the ground was. Well, I'll tell you, I know Doug Plank would have. You know, hey, we would have been signed out of the league today. But, uh, you know, hey, as Doug Buffon used to say, we may not win the game, but you knew you played the Chicago Bears. Hey, Gary, uh, Olin Cruz here, man. Uh, thanks for joining us on our Where Are They Now segment. Uh, obviously, guys like me and our my co-host partner here, Patrick Manley, we stand on your guys' shoulders, you old players who who yep. paved the way for us. Um, I, I want to kind of want to start all the way back in Barrington. I'm interested uh, reading your story with all the things that you have accomplished. Uh, obviously, playing football for 12 years, going to the finance world, uh, actually completing your degree through the 1985 season. Um, I, I read that, that your dad, MBA, MBA, that yeah. MBA. Yeah. I mean, just just amazing when I read it because I can't even read a book. But um, I read that your dad was a PE teacher out there, and you know he, he was ended up the dean of discipline. He was a basketball coach, just kind of, and he loved athletics to teach kids, and and, and I love that too. I like to use athletics to teach my uh, six kids about life. Just kind of wondering where what you learned uh, through your dad, through your family, through athletics that taught you. Uh, with all the success that you have had? 
Well, thank you, Olin, and it's great to talk to you guys. I, you know, I was listening to all those commercials about betting, and I'm sure that, you know, for me, after games, I would go to see the second game with some friends, mm-hmm. and they would be cheering at the weirdest stuff. Like, the guy <laughs> misses a field goal, and they just die. And they go, what, what? And they go, we're gambling. I'm like, you are? Oh, that's illegal, you know? Um, <clears throat> my, how things have changed. My dad was, uh, when I was young, a basketball coach and a golf coach. Uh, I never liked golf, and I, you know, hold this to my uh, grudge against my dad never taught me much on it but uh, as a basketball coach I was always the first kid there for the sophomore games and then my dad dad got into administration and and got out of coaching I just think that with sports and it doesn't matter what sport it is my kids have played soccer to basketball baseball and everything else teaches you discipline and uh, and commitment and a lot of the cliches that you hear about but you know, I, I was certainly formed by, you know, some really great defensive coordinators well be, before uh, Buddy Ryan, my high school coach, uh, you know, my college coaches at Yale. And, uh, you know, sports, whether it was football or basketball, I, I just really enjoyed uh, playing it. And I think in college you have to be even more disciplined just because of the time constraints that you have. And, I you know, one of the reasons I didn't take a scholarship uh, was I, you know, to do winter five day a week mandatory workouts, spring ball, summer ball, and then get into the you know into the fall, I just wasn't sure that I was that into football. So uh, Gary, well, you obviously ended up getting into football, and I tell you what, last <laughs> yeah. night I put on some YouTube highlights. This morning I was watching more uh, of you, and just got started getting super excited for the game, for the the way you played the game, the passion you had, your guys' great defenses. But I guess my question for you is, what's your thoughts on now how the game has changed? You know, you, you, I guess Olin now and I can say, you know, back in our day. Well, you guys used to say back yeah. in our day. And the game now has changed quite a bit. What's your thoughts on the NFL now? Well, I mean, it, it certainly is an offensive-minded. They want points. It's more exciting. And I think from a safety position, and I was talking to Doug Plank earlier this week, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, with four wideouts or three wideouts, which is really the norm today as opposed to when we played, you know, at some point you're going to blitz, and at some point that free safety is going to have to cover, you know, either a wide out or a, a, a back wide. And that quarterback's looking for a mismatch, and he's looking right at that free safety covering someone. It happened to me in the Miami game that we lost in 85. Uh, and it, it just, it's a passing game. And so, you know, you really, you have different athletes. And I look at someone like Eddie Jackson, who covers really, really well. But, you know, he's going to have a target on his back the way he played last week for the rest of the year. But even if it wasn't a bad game, you know, they're looking for those mismatches and it's either going to be, you know, the nickelback or a free safety or a strong safety on on a a much faster, quicker receiver. What, uh, when you watch this Bears uh, team play, what goes through your head when when you see kind of a performance like the one you saw do, do you get a sense that with free agency, with as many guys as they've paid, that there's more of a mercenary mentality and maybe not the same commitment to, to uh, each other that you see like when you played? You know, I, I don't think it's mercenary. I, I just think that, you know, it, it takes a little more effort because every year, hey, you're going to have a 25% turnover even if you win the Super Bowl. But, you know, with the whether the Bears or anyone else, it's like trying to incorporate some people – into your scheme. And I think, you know, if you have a veteran team and Owen, I mean, you know, you could deal with the offensive line. If you had some new people come in for us, 
you know, we with that 85 team and, and it's before and after that, you had Hampton, you had you had all pro players. And so you were that player had to fit into your system or you were going to kind of ostracize them. And it doesn't take too long to figure out that you're not a good fit uh, culturally with a team. You know, I, I look at, you know, all these cliches that all of us talk about here and everything. But, you know, you look at someone like Bill Walsh who says, hey, you are what your record says you are. And this is a big game for the Bears. I'm not going to say it's a must win, but if you're 0-2, the chances of getting to the playoff get really diminished and everybody's looked at the schedule. They have a really difficult schedule, and they've got to uh, eliminate the mental mistakes on defense and really start playing more cohesively. I mean, it was I was at that game last week. My son lives out in L.A., and we went to the game. And, you know, that one of those uh, touchdowns that Cup caught, I mean, that was a high school play. I haven't seen a wide receiver behind a secondary that deep ever. Not even in, I think, even in, in college. And so those mental errors kill you more than the physical ones. You know, people miss tackles. But when you start making mental errors, then you really start having a very undisciplined defense. You know, Gary, I, I read somewhere um, you were talking about the 1985 season uh, talking about Wilbur Marshall's 52-yard fumble return in the fourth quarter in the NFC Championship game, and the snow started coming down, and it was a storybook ending. And you it said, was. I, I can't imagine how painful it must be to to go to the Super Bowl and lose. And if you ever have 10 minutes and don't mind someone crying in front of you, <laughs> I can explain to you just how painful <laughs> going to yeah, the Super no, Bowl. I, you know, you know Olin, it's, yeah. it's got to be really painful. I mean, oh, man. you know, the New England Patriots were a wild card team in '85. They, they overcame all the odds, and then they get crushed in the Super Bowl. Now, I know you guys get it. I get it. I get mail every day from, you know, hey, can you sign these football cards? And, and they're all handwritten, and the fans are genuine, and I really appreciate it. But some of them say, hey, would you put Super Bowl champs? And I, I don't have the time to write back to them and go, look, you, when you lose a Super Bowl, you don't put Super Bowl 20. <laughs> Who are you going to put? Super Bowl 20 loser. I mean, it's obvious that if you put Super Bowl 50, you won the friggin' Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. that's got to be a, you know, fortunately it wasn't in that position. But, hey, you know, uh, we thought that we would go to more than one Super Bowl. And those losses in 86 and 87, both of which were at home. I mean, Walter and I, that was our last game, uh, losing in 87. And it was a crusher. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary, I, my I, question for I, you, though, yeah. uh, Gary, is – and I'm always interested in defenses and how they're run. That that Buddy Ryan 46 defense uh, really interests me when I look at it over the years. I know Buddy Ryan was actually here before Mike Dicka. He came in with Neil Armstrong. And I'm wondering on the back end, what what was the coverages you guys were playing? I know it was based on pressure and getting after the quarterback. And I guess my question is, does that could you relate that defense and cover these spread offenses nowadays? No, you couldn't. You couldn't because, you know, I, I, the 46 defense was not set up really for a three or four wide out set. And it was really predicated on putting pressure quickly. And, you know, quarterbacks can do that today. But I just think that you'd get you'd start to see isolation on some of those. You know, you couldn't have three linebackers. You'd, you'd, at most, you could have two. And, you know, we did a lot of things. I mean, I look sometimes at what Brian Erlacher was able to do in coverage was amazing. You know, whether it was pass or run, 
how how quickly he can get you know depth or width. And Mike Singletary, we asked him to do that as well. I mean, we had a coverage in that forty six where Mike covered one half and I covered the other. Think about that. Oh. He had to, we had a middle linebacker covering half the field. Uh, I think it would be a little harder to do that with a three and four wideout sets today. But, um, you know, the great thing about Buddy's defense wasn't so much the uniqueness of the 46 defense. It was that Buddy had, uh, we had automatic front and coverages. And so during the week, you knew that if they were in an eye or a split or they went in motion, that would put us in a certain defense. And so you had to have smart players to be able to do that. There was no mental errors were allowed if you screwed up and didn't get those those calls. And then we started doing that uh, on blitzes as well. And we even had a blitz inside the 20-yard line where Singletary and I would hit the, uh, the gaps uh, against the center. And if we thought that there was a an audible, and it's pretty clear when a real audible versus a fake one, we would then go into an audible on ourselves and show double coverage on the outside because they're probably going to show a fade. <clears throat> so it was, you know, it, it was fun to play that because we felt that we were smarter and that the offense couldn't put us in a defensive position that we didn't want to be in. I don't see that. Today. You know, when I talk to defensive coordinators, they don't trust their players as much as Buddy Ryan trusted those 11 players on the, on the 85 team. And I think that that's really unfortunate because you're not taking advantage of their experience. I mean, you know, every time there was a TV timeout, I had to go to the sideline and, you know, Wilbur knows would be talking about oh, the 46 blitz where they're both blitzing or Hampton and Dent would say, Oh, the X stunts working. You know, and I could go to the sideline and tell Buddy, he goes, who the hell's running this defense? But he would, you know, tweet, tweet. I'd say, what, what about the X stunt? He goes, Tell them if it doesn't work, it, you can't run it the rest of the day. Well, he trusted them. They, they had already set up the X stunt, right? And so it's that type of give and take that I think really makes a, you know, a real cohesive group. And not just the coaches, but the players are taking ownership of, of the good plays as well as the bad. Oh, man, that's awesome. Man, that's a great please. answer. Good question, Olin. Yeah. That so, was so, awesome. Someone save that, that audio for me, please. I know, right? <laughs> no doubt. Well, now I got all excited. I, Gary, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and obviously the Falcons were terrible. So I was 10 years old in 85, and I became a Bears fan because of you guys. You played on that great defense, and you brought up a bunch of those great names. And I've asked a couple other of my old teammates that I've played with, but there's always one player you played with, I'm going to say defensively, that's a wow player. Who was that for you that every day at practice or games, you're just like, man, that guy is great? Because this is going to be a, maybe a hard answer for you to give because of all the great yeah, players when, you gave. When I got played. three Hall of Famers, you know, yeah. so who am I going to right. offend? Richard? No, right. That's, or, what I, that's, so that's If it's a hard question, you can plead the fifth on this one. But just being the fan you know as you know, I, a young kid, they were, God, you guys were awesome. You know, you already mentioned uh, the, the guy that was the wow guy in our defense was Wilbur Marshall. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was unbelievably uh, good. I mean, he was fast. He would, and, and he didn't have the best sense of humor. So, you know, when you're in the huddle, you're pimping guys and laughing and all that. <laughs> you never really did that with Wilbur because he'd look at you and go, oh, boy. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, sorry about that, Wilbur. Let's just move on. Right? <laughs> but, but, you know, hey. You mentioned that play. He picks up that fumble in the NFC Championship game. Hey, I'm running after him, but I, he's he, no, he's still faster than me. And he was an outside linebacker and just had, you know, he was six one, like two thirty five, but he had huge hands. And boy, could he hit! 
Oh, my God. He had some of the most vicious hits, including one against Detroit, where he hit their quarterback so bad, he just knocked him out in the air. And that uh, yes. uh, the ex-guy Greg Buffalo Landry. Bills. Greg Landry, yeah. yeah. No, I, oh, I, I was Greg Landry. God, he was – I, I, I remember him more as a sideline coach than anything else. Anyway, <laughs> I, played, I, I, played, I played in a, a golf tournament out in Arizona, and this guy, I said, hey, do you remember – and he didn't want to even talk about it. He goes, hey, I was completely knocked out, don't remember the play, and don't want to go over it. I was like, oh, okay. So Wilbur really was, I, I think, the X factor for our team. And how strange, right? He was a first-round draft choice. And Todd Bell and Al Harris held out during the 85 right. season when we didn't have free agency. And your backup for, you know, becomes, you know, a superstar in the NFL. Same thing with Todd. Todd doesn't come yeah. back. We tried, I mean, tried, tried, tried to get him back. And then Dave Dorsey makes all pro. So uh, there was so much talent on that team as a result of really good drafting uh, by the Bears scouting uh, during those years. Hey, Gary, I had always heard that in in Miami, um, Ditka wanted Buddy to take Wilbur off and put on Reggie Phillips, an extra defensive back, and they nearly came to blows over that. And that yeah, was you know, the- yeah, we just had, you know, we had won the previous two games, 36 to nothing against Atlanta and 44 against uh, Dallas. That was the first time in my 10-year career we'd ever beat Dallas in a preseason, regular season, or postseason game. Wow. And uh, we just caught, we got caught in some mismatches, you know. Uh, so they had three wideouts, and, you know, you're trying to blitz with an outside linebacker creeping in, and I'm trying to cover the outside. It just, it just was a mistake, and we made a, a goal line uh, personnel mistake as well. So everybody was really hot. And, uh, you know, people forget, though, oh, 85, you know, that one game you lost. I think it really kind of reset for us. Hey, you don't want to have this happen like it did in New England against uh, the Giants in the Super Bowl where you're undefeated and then you just aren't quite mentally prepared and you lose the game. But uh, Jim McMahon didn't play that game. I mean, he was hurt. So how many good teams are going to win a game in a big game, and that was a big one, when you have your backup quarterback? And, hey, nothing against Steve Fuller, but, you know, he he wasn't Jim McMahon. You know, the other day – Gary, I was at Loyola's football game. My son goes to Loyola Academy, plays for the Ramblers, and I bumped into Matt Suey, and I just it hits me to win a Super Bowl how many good people you have to have in the building. And I'm just wondering with that offense with Jimbo Covert, uh, Jay Hilgenberg, Tom Thayer, Keith Van Horn, uh, obviously the great Walter Payton, Willie Galt, uh, what were practices like? What were 11-on-11 11 11 like? Uh, what was the intensity like in those matchups? You know, I don't think it was so bad for the secondary, but, you know, to this day, I mean, I still play golf with Hampton and, and Dent, and they talk about it. I went out to the Hall of Fame induction for uh, Jimbo, and they said, hey, he was the best offensive tackle they ever faced. So when they had to go, not so much during the season, but, you know, our, our practices during the uh, two-a-days and doubles, man, those, those got to be pretty intense. And both the defensive line and the offensive line had a lot of pride. So it wasn't like you were just, you know, going to go through the motions. And uh, and so they felt that, you know, they didn't have to worry about the offensive line uh, personnel in a real game because they were going against the best. And, you know, it, I think while we always talk about different individuals, it's really the units. Because I think today, hey, 
Uh, if you're a, a wide receiver and you're the best guy in the team, I might double you but with my second and third best player and then have my best corner cover your second as opposed to having it, you know, mono, mono, my best corner against your best wide receiver. And I think, you know, especially on the offensive line, if you don't click as a unit, then it, it doesn't really matter, right? Someone's going to penetrate, find where the weakness is, do you know? I mean, there would be games where you go, you know what? We're in a 46 blitz where you had both the outside linebackers on the same side, and they were blitzing, hoping to God that there wasn't a back on the strong side because then the only the tight end had to either take Wilbur or Otis, and they knew whoever that guy took, the other guy was going to get a free a free sack. And so you would see that from the free safety going, you know what? I'm looking at a formation, and they can't cover it. They just can't do it. And, uh, and that was great. I was lucky to play six years at strong and six years at free safety as well. Free safety, you have to be, you know, yeah, you're the last line of defense, so you have to be a little less aggressive than when you're playing strong safety. But you also see everything pre-snap, and you have a pretty good idea whether or not, particularly if you're blitzing, it's going to work, and so you don't have to backpedal as much. Gary, I got one more question for you. I know you've been following the Bears pretty closely. I'd just like to get your take on this Bears team this year and maybe if you got a little breakdown for this game. Well, I, you know, they have a really tough schedule. And, uh, you know, you can't afford to make mistakes at this point. And, you know, a couple of weeks, uh, two weeks ago, uh, the sports page on the Tribune was saying, uh, new defensive coordinator, mastermind. Well, I don't think calling him a mastermind after game one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the expectations are, are clearly very high. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you need to win this year. And it doesn't matter when Fields plays or not. It doesn't matter. It, you've got to win football games. And you're not going to win football games when you're making mental and physical errors like the defense did last week. And you know what? You can take pride in running for over 100 yards. But when you don't throw the ball deep, you have no chance of winning in the NFL. It just, it just, it just doesn't happen. So I think that they need to, I, I guess, we're all looking for an identity for the offense. Yes, you need balance, but let's get an identity. And I don't really see any there. And the defense, it's like, hey, guys, you are what you are. Forget about whether you made the Pro Bowl in the past. I'm tired of hearing about guys who aren't, haven't played. Eddie Goldman. Hey, he might be a really good player, but he hasn't played in a year and a half now. So you know what? I don't want to hear about Eddie Goldman. I want to hear about the guys on the field who have pride, energy, and are going to make it happen. Because, you know, this – this is a great defense. That was part of the plan when you had Mitch Trubisky in his first contract. That, that's all over now. Now it's what do you got right now? Gary, absolute joy to talk to you. Really appreciate all the insights. And, and I know I speak for everyone. We're all, uh, you know, kind of disappointed we can't keep talking to you because mm-hmm. it's been fantastic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm going to the game. I'm looking forward to it. And I – Hey, I think this is going to be a good test, but I know that that team can play a lot better, but it's up to them to prove it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gary yeah. Fancic, thanks so much, Gary. Really appreciate it. Great. Hey, good talking to you guys, Pat and Owen. Great talking to you as thanks, well. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. That Take care. is Gary Fancic. You're listening to the pregame show here with uh, Olin Patrick Manley, presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. We'll be back. We'll talk about this idea. Um, Michael Lombardi was on with us earlier in the week and said that this is the most overrated defense in the NFL. Mm. Uh, we'll get to Grody first, and we'll get the the update on all that. But I want to talk about whether or not this is an overrated defense and what that means. Um, 
we'll do that next. Mark Rodeo, give us the injury report here on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. That was so much fun to talk to uh, to Gary Fensick. Um, I was at that game, the 85 championship game at Soldier Field, and uh, I have this distinct memory of Dan Hampton sitting in the middle of the, uh, of the circle as Wilbur Marshall is running uh, for the touchdown, it's kind of snowing, and Hampton is sitting on his uh, rear end, and he's like banging the ground with his hands and feet while the, <laughs> the touchdown's being scored. One of the greatest moments I've ever seen in sports. Just, uh, just an amazing, amazing team and a great season, and and they managed to get to the Super Bowl and win it, and mm-hmm. it was great that day. I tell you what, though, him breaking down that 46 defense and coverages and how they played off each other, that was, like you said, Owen, save that audio. That's gold, man. Mm-hmm. That's coaches need – that's just – that's oh, I got goosebumps listening to him talk like that. Yeah. And it's amazing how how a lot of times – I don't know about you, Owen. There's plays I can remember, but there's plays I have no idea about. But he seems like he recalls everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, but that, he was that kind of player, right? He, right, he was a, right. He was a coach on the field, and, and I think that's why when you get a guy like that, it, it's invaluable – as a football player, and, and, and I, you know, yeah. I know you are, Pat, I know you are, Molly, but if you really love the game, uh, you ask that guy a question and you shut your mouth, right? Because yes. he's going to give you so much information. And then not only that, but he was around Buddy Ryan, right? 
Uh, he was around great coaches, Mike Dicka, that when you go through that 1985 team and you really study them, and Mully knows better than anybody, how many good football people were in that building? I mean, even the backups end up head coaches or, you know, Ron Rivera. There's people who are just really, really good people, good football coaches. You go through their management team, you know, Bill Tobin, Rod Graves, uh, uh, Jerry Van Eamon, just just on and on and on the names that you can go through, and that's what it actually takes to win a Super Bowl, and that's what people don't understand is how many people have to be extremely good at their job for you to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. But, yes, um, he is fun to listen to. Uh, the 85 Bears, obviously, Pat, me and you played a long time in this town. Uh, they're the reason there's so many fans for the Chicago Bears. It's always fun to be around them. It's always fun to listen to them tell stories. Um you know, I remember in our NFC Championship game when I read that, uh, studying up for this interview about Wilbur Marshall's return, and it started to snow. It's so crazy to me that it started to snow on us after Thomas Jones scored that touchdown at the NFC Championship game and how it just kind of repeated itself. Uh, that was fascinating to me. But just so many things from that interview. It was fun to listen to a guy like that. And like you said, Pat, uh, he stays up on his football. Uh, he's in the stands today. Um, if he wants to go down there and shake Eddie Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson up, that's fine with me. You know, if he wants to go. But one thing, you know, guys, that I wanted to talk about that he talked about is just the details, the mental mistakes, and how hard that is, Pat and Molly, uh, to when you're in the the building every day. And I had uh, Charles Peanut Tillman on our podcast this week, me and Jason McKee's podcast, and he talked about when you see mistakes like that. That starts at practice. Yeah. Mm. That, 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 by the way, that was a great podcast. Great interview with Peanut. Yeah. Well, Peanut's awesome, man. But yeah. uh, he just talked about Molly Howell's details and, and, and you know, uh, you know, Fencic kind of alluded to it, the leadership, right, the leadership in that room and, and where is it going to come from? Because, look, the last time we, we talked about going to break, talk about this Bears defense and, and are they great? And, and what kind of defense are they? And if you take a look again, like we just talked about, you know, Buddy Ryan left in 85 and, and they, they never really won again. Well, uh, Vic Fangio's in Denver now, right? Brandon Staley was their outside linebacker coach. He's the head coach for the Chargers. So when they had that great defense we're talking about, you see what we're trying to get the point of how many great people are actually in the building creating that defense. It's a it's a fantastic point. And, and Olin, I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I always felt – when that team got to a Super Bowl, one of the reasons was the leadership in the locker room. And, and you were obviously one of the great leaders of, uh, of the offensive side of the ball of the entire team. Brian Erlacher was a great example, kind of a leader on the defensive side of the team. And there were great people and, and, and kind of leadership people in many different spots on your team. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we look at this Bears team, you got to ask yourself, hey, well, you know, the coach said on Monday morning that he had yet to talk to the safeties mm-hmm. about not ta- just tagging a guy when he's down. That's that is to me the damnedest thing I've ever heard. I I, I mean, you know, you do you remember Kerwin Kerwin Richards? He was cut on the field uh, at Soldier Field by Jimmy Johnson as he was coming off the field after his second fumble. He told him. Find a way home, son, or that's your last down as a cowboy. I mean, but but they went on to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There was accountability. We hear a lot of talk about accountability, 
but but where? I mean, what are we going to see today? We we've got to we've got to see leadership coming, and we got to see people telling other people that's unacceptable. That is not allowed. No, Molly. Let me. Just, I'll take this one because I know Olin doesn't want to talk about himself, but the accountability to me and what I saw when our teams were great and then and the great leaders we had, it came within the locker room. It didn't have to be said in the media. It didn't have to be said by the coaches. It was it was by the locker room. If you walked into that locker room that Monday morning. You knew you were being held accountable. You'd had your head down. You'd wait through meetings, get through meetings, and then you would discuss, you know, these issues you had, and and you'd work through it. Olin, you would deal with people different ways. You sometimes would get in their face. Sometimes it didn't. People didn't need to get their face. You would t- talk to them differently. Erlacher had his way. Everybody had their way. But we knew who our leaders were. I also feel like this team. I don't think this town knows who their leaders are, and I, I think they're really missing that. But. That's where you get these corrections done is in the locker room by your leaders, whether it's the positional leader or just the overall team leader. And we're obviously not in there, but that's the way it was when we were there. And it was uh, it was tough on Monday mornings walking into Hallis Hall if you underperformed because you you were you were being held accountable by your leaders and everybody else on that team. We got to get to Mark Grody. We got Mark Grody joining us. He uh, he is joining us on the uh uh, on the uh, score hotline presented by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And, Mark, no Eddie Goldman to kick around today, right? That's not a huge surprise. Yeah, that is correct. No Eddie Goldman, although I am standing in the, the Bears' north end zone where Eddie Goldman is going through some pretty extensive drills right now. So he he's not playing. He's inactive, but – it is good to see that he is out here and, you know, just from, you know, watching him literally right now, he, he, I'm not seeing him favoring anything. The need seems fine. So when the Bears say in this case that he's day-to-day, I suppose you do got to believe him. I mean, I know it's been hard to tell with, you know, arrows pointing up. And, you know, we heard a lot about that early on this season with some injuries that became bigger than we thought. But it would appear in Eddie Goldman's case that he truly is day-to-day and, uh, he looks good doing what he's doing right now. The other inactives, two guys, I don't know if you've been through them, but Nick Foles, of course, uh, Brashad Perriman, the speedster, is out today again. No Jesper Horsett, no Alex Taylor. You mentioned Eddie Goldman, no Travis Gibson. So I guess that means in terms of the, the Bears' third DB, the nickelback, you have two guys active, Duke Shelley and Marquis Christian, both active this week after Duke Shelley took the hit last week. Hey, Grody, is, that, is Travis Gibson down for Duke Shelley then, or is that maybe because he didn't play well on special teams or didn't get enough defensive snaps? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I will say it was a bit of an uneven training camp for Travis Gibson. Yeah. It very well could be that they want all hands on deck in terms of defensive backs against and obviously a, a potent receiving core for the Cincinnati Bengals and a quarterback who I think is going to want to throw a lot. But, yeah, you know, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all them boys, uh, they're on the lookout for them. But, yeah, I think it's – I mean, I was surprised last week when Duke Shelley was inactive, and I'm a little surprised this week with Travis Gibson being inactive. Mm-hmm. Grody, tell us a little bit more about the Buckeye package, man. Do we expect, do we expect <laughs> to see that today? <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be prevalent. It'll be there – and they're going to need you out here diagramming it and making sure. <laughs> well, I won't that put it the is shovel in for Fields again. There won't be <laughs> yeah. any shovel. There won't be a reverse that actually the, the linemen well, take you to the reverse. We won't do that either. Uh, we'll, well, we want to expand Fields' package. 
<laughs> I was talking to one Mark Sanchez out here on the field before the game. And, of course, he played with the Bears, and he knows the mentality well, of you Bears You use the word play loosely, that. I see, huh? <laughs> Well, all right, if you want to go there, then I'm going to let you in. It's like being at a Bears alumni event. Like, you see these guys, you're like, are you really alumni? All right, no, check me out. That's how he he kept you in check right there. You're hilarious. So he's he's telling me, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I was here for Mitch's rookie year. And I said to him, I go, I go, okay, I wasn't here that year, but I do remember you being kind of the spokesperson for everybody. As in, you weren't playing, but you were a great speaker, and you kind of were Mitch Trubisky's voice piece during those years. So he kind of knows the lack of impact that he, he made on the field. But he did say, he did make a good point. He says when Justin Fields is in, he, he wants to see Justin Fields do things like that that Andy Dalton couldn't do. So when he gets in in the red zone and he comes in last week and throws a nine-yard pass to Marquis Christian, Mark Sanchez said he was kind of shaking his head like, let's, let's show off what Justin Fields can do, something that Andy Dalton can't do. Now, the touchdown run might have been something that Justin Fields could do and not Andy Dalton, but I thought that was a good point for a guy who didn't really play much for the Bears. <laughs> Way to jump in with us, Grody. Yeah. I got you. Any, I got you. any other news, Mark? Anything else going on? No, it is a um, Molly. It is a brilliant day today. Not a cloud in the sky. It's, it's hot. There's very little wind. I talked to Cairo Santos. He's like, just stay like this, and we're we're good to go. So I and Sean Desai expecting a rebound. He thought a lot of the defensive criticism while warranted. He said he got a little bit blown out of proportion, and they said that they expect to to adjust. And it's been helpful to look at bad tape. If that's if that's a possibility, and I would Boy. I would turn that over to the ex football players if that really is a thing. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> insane. All right, Mark, thank you, buddy. Bye, Great. guys. See ya. We'll See be you, right back. We'll continue the conversation. Want to talk more about really the? Um, I think we heard a comment about energy on defense, and I, I it floored me. I've never heard anything like that. We'll play it for you next, and we'll talk it over. It is the score pregame show. And it's got Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and we'll be right back on the score. Obviously, we didn't have the outcome that we wanted to have. And, you know, we missed a couple opportunities that we thought we could have uh, capitalized on. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought our thing was we just didn't play with enough energy. You know, I would say I would say that I think we did some things well on the film. You know, it's, it's never as good as, you know, you think it was. It's never as bad. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And so... You know, but I do think that, you know, we could have played with a lot more energy than we did, uh, you know, this past Sunday night. So, you know, hopefully this week we can uh, kind of, you know, have that have that fun, go out there and have fun and play in the game and, you know, bring that energy and, and, and enjoy playing, playing for one another. Wow. It is the score pregame show with Bully and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. And it's presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download, the, down, excuse me, download the Bet Rivers app today. And I, I gotta say, I don't know that I've heard a lot of that before. That is Alec Ogletree. Just uh, you know, we were flat. It was bad. Uh, I think Matt Nagy was asked about it, and his response was, "Well, we were trailing a lot of the game, so that's probably what he meant." Um, 
I, and I, I mean, I would imagine as a professional football player, you are responsible for creating the energy and momentum that you need to play in the game. But it also is just a giant shot at the coaching staff. And mm-hmm. Sean Desai is, a, a, you know, he's a very bright guy. He's a very articulate guy when he talks about his defense. Matt Nagy said of his first go-round, he was good on the headset. In other words, he did. But that, that's got to be like the damnedest compliment I've ever. That is just, he was good on the headset. That's the back of the hand striking the side of the face, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the compliment I'm looking for, right? I, 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 I need to be good on the headset. Sean Desai needs to be good at scheming and calling plays and outthinking McVay. But look, uh, they've got uh, 16 more of these, I think, because they had the other game. Uh, they have a lot to prove now on defense. They didn't have a lot of answers, obviously, Pat. Me and you have both been there after games where um, we sucked. You can only say so many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to be better than we were. I think Mike Brown famously said about us in 2001 that we were terrible. Uh, He was right, and we had to get that corrected. And that's where the Chicago Bears sit. And Sean Desai, we thought going into this year, had the most to prove on that defense. Is he in over his head? Did he get the job too early. They, they surround him with enough good football coaches to help him through the year. I know they hired Mike Pat and Pat, but I'm just wondering when I look through that coaching staff, when I look at where Sean Desai has come from, we talked about last week, Mully, uh, they don't have a nickel back. I swear he was the guy developing nickel backs right. before they went into this year. It just makes me kind of wonder where this defense is. And the only thing you can have after their week one performance is more questions. The one thing, Pat, I will be interested in today to watch. It's the first time we've seen this defense in over a year and a half, or or you didn't see them last year, with a crowd, with crowd noise, that defensive line feeding off Soldier Field's energy, Uh, the the other team having to go silent count. I want to see this D-line with all those advantages. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about the energy stuff first. When I heard that, I was kind of surprised because you remember all offseason, we were hearing that Sean Decide kind of brought that mojo energy back to practice. Guys are going out there and being a little more lively and all that kind of stuff that the media was watching. But then he comes out and, well, he was added later on in, the, you know, in camp or whatever. So he's not fully engaged with all the stuff that was going on. But from what we were hearing in the offseason, thinking that they were going to come out there and play with their hair on fire, as people say, and then go out there and and play like they did and have the mental mistakes they did and then have a player say, well, we didn't have the energy. It's week one. I, I don't care, you know, where you where you are in the seat. That's week one. That energy should be there. I understand you can get deflated from the mental mistakes of the, the touchdown, not touching somebody down, but you've got to bring that back. Somebody's got to bring that energy back. Somebody's got to be that fire. You brought up the name Mike Brown, Olin. He would be the one that would bring that fire back. He wouldn't allow you to not have that energy. And we talked about leaders on the team. I think that's kind of what they're missing, what I'm seeing from the outside. They don't have that person to bring that, I I call it, false enthusiasm is better than no enthusiasm. So just bring that false enthusiasm. Get them going. Um, And and, and I just don't see that going on. And I think that that could be a problem. They need that. That leadership is lacking there. And for somebody to come and say that they they lacked energy, which is something they can develop easy in a press conference, you, you just shouldn't say that. You know, I'm all, and I'm sure you'd go right up to him and be like, "Hey, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about that to the media, man. This is this is in-house stuff. That's that's like the last thing you say because that's 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 calling out everybody." Well, so with the it, with the week they just had, um, 
the lunchroom would have been really interesting because we would have been asking coaches, like, what the hell are you talking about, Bill Lazor, up there <laughs> right. on true, the podium, true. Alec wow. Ogletree, yeah. right? It's just kind of uh, you're wondering some of the things these guys say. Um, are they collaborating or are they confronting each other? Like, mm-hmm. are you not ready to go to the podium? Are you yeah. not ready? Are you not prepping for the questions you might be asked and the things you might say that sounds like the bus is running somebody over? So a lot of things happened this week. Wasn't a good start for them. Uh, like you guys know, uh, they got to get a lot of things corrected, and they didn't have a lot of good answers this week. But just because you don't have a lot of good answers doesn't mean you have to give the worst ones possible. <laughs> <laughs> just give them the no answer. Give them this football speak that makes us media mad. <laughs> like well, I got nothing out of them. That's what you're supposed to say after a loss like that. We'll get to we'll get to Dan Pompey in just a second here. We got to we got to get to a break, and we'll bring in Dan. I I just wonder. If, if Matt Nagy's leadership is under scrutiny now for those reasons, you know, the, they changed the media policy and the Bears always do, you know, the absolute least of what they're required to do. And the new requirement is that he doesn't talk on Wednesday. The coordinators talk on Wednesday. So when confronted, you're absolutely right. You, you heard from uh, from the offensive coordinator saying basically that the that Justin Fields should start. He can do everything you want. We heard from Marquise Griffin, uh, or excuse me, Marquise Goodwin earlier, saying, "Why aren't we getting the ball down the field? We got to get the ball down the field." There are people questioning Nagy. He speaks after the game that he speaks Monday, and we don't hear from him again till Thursday. And by then, some damage has been done. Yeah, I, I'm. I, oh, real quick, I, I think that hurts your team. Because that answer Bill Lazor gave shouldn't have been given. That's his answer should have been that's that's a, that's a Matt Nagy question. Next, you know, but they they put them out there now, kind of forcing them to give the answer. Where the head coach, that's his responsibility. He's getting paid a lot of money to call the plays, to manage the team, to manage the media, to do all that stuff. So that 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 to me, I'm shocked that they get one day off. They're not supposed to do that, but that puts his assistants in a tougher spot to answer those hard questions. Matt Nagy gets paid all the the big money to answer the hard questions. That's what he should be doing. Yeah, and, and like Molly said, when you, when you sit on top of that building, when you when you are in charge, then yes, it, it is you that's going to get questioned, especially when uh, a defensive player, a veteran, talks about energy and your mm-hmm. offensive coordinator basically says, well, I don't know why the guy's not playing. <laughs> wow. All right, we're going to bring in Dan Pompey next. We'll talk to him. We want to uh, welcome uh, – a big score welcome to Zing Zang. They're a new partner of the score and, of course, the pregame show. And uh, they have new cocktails, canned cocktails, guys. Canned Bloody Marys, margaritas, whiskey sours with premium spirits already included. Full-strength cocktails in a can, 9% ABV. It's like mm. really two cocktails in a can. It um, it would make us all a lot happier in life and uh, great for tailgates. We'll... Uh, We'll get some from Mitch. He says he's got some, and he's going to give it to us. Well, now we know so. what the Bears are drinking before they hit the podium. Zing <laughs> <laughs> zang. I love it. There you go. Everyone's, everyone's having some. Uh, we'll bring in Dan Pompey next. It's the pregame show with Molly and Oli Crutes and Patrick Manley. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 